So here we are at uh, Books of the Year in our sumptuous uh, studio suite. Uh, right. Andrew Child is with us. So The Sentinel is the new Jack Reacher book, uh, and elsewhere uh, you can get the interview that we did with Lee and with Andrew, and which we take you through the writing of Reacher 25. Yeah. But now Andrew steps up to free himself from the oppression. Uh, to to do our Q and A, so you you can now be liberated, Andrew. Excellent. It's nice to nice to be free of the shackles, definitely. <laughs> Excellent. So here we go with our uh, Q and A. Um, question number one to Andrew, who is uh, I should I should say, uh, in case you didn't hear the other podcast, uh, Andrew is in Wyoming, so we're doing a three center record, which is why it's all just a little bit weird. What was the last book you really really enjoyed? That's a great question. Um, you know, I love reading in all kinds of different genres. Um, typically, when I'm in writing mode myself, I tend to read more nonfiction. And um, the latest book that, you know, along those lines that I read that I loved was um, by Ben McIntyre. It's his new book called Agent Sonia. Now, wow. I love all Ben McIntyre. Okay. I love I love all Ben McIntyre's books. I've, I've read them all. I've loved them all. And um, you know, he just never lets you down. Um, you know, he he comes up with stuff that if you wrote in a novel, people would never believe it. Let's say you'd gone too far. You know, you'd you'd you'd, you'd just push credulity just that little bit too far. But you know, everything he does is meticulously researched, and he writes with such a kind of exciting dramatic style and agent sonia is um is no exception it is a fantastic book and um i loved it well we'll forgive you for not being a regular listener to the podcast uh andrew (laughs) but ben was our guest on the last podcast and uh, in which he tells us all about agent sonia uh his new book but anyway we're in basically we're endorsing everything that you said It is also worth saying that Ben Ben McIntyre has been he's been nominated a number of times by people. There's quite a lot of writers who enjoy reading Ben yes. McIntyre. Um, so Andrew, do you have a, a favourite novelist? And obviously, you can't say your brother at this point, but a favourite novelist for you? Okay, I, I assume I'm not allowed to say my wife either. Otherwise, <laughs> no, you so, can't. Yeah, she would, no. she would definitely. <laughs> well, you know. One of the things I like about the list of questions that you sent is that they're much more thought-provoking than, than they appear at face value when you start trying to come up with answers. Because if you're going to, you know, how would you define a favourite novelist? Would it be the one that you think, you know, produces the finest quality novels? Would it be the one that you have enjoyed the most? You know, it's very, very hard. So what I'm actually going to do, the way I'd like to answer this is to um, pick, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat very slightly and ask to pick two novelists because uh-huh. these are looking these are looking way back to when my reading habits were really were really forming and and I was finding myself led in in particular directions. So the two um, I want to pick on the first one is Alistair MacLean, but um, I'm going to talk more about him perhaps a little bit later with one of the other questions. The other is Len Dayton because. Um, you know, my, my particular background, I started out in theatre and then when, uh, you know, I had basically become completely bankrupt as a result of being in theatre, I, I thought I'd take a, a regular job just for a short while until uh, I repaired the hole in my bank account. And while I was working in, in um, you know, my regular job, I was on the road a lot, so I couldn't really go to the theatre as much as I used to. So I just gravitated more toward reading. And I found myself, without meaning to, find reading more of the kind of Cold War spy fiction at that point. So, so Len Dayton wrote 
he wrote, it was an amazing achievement. He wrote three trilogies, so nine books uh, following the, the fortunes of, of his character, Bernard Sampson. And um, then he wrote a 10th book, which kind of was like an overarching um, summary of everything. So it was just, you know, an extraordinary experience reading those books because he did things that I hadn't come across before. Um, you know, he had his, his cold warrior who one minute would be trying to get back across the Berlin Wall and the next minute would be home in London um, in trouble because he'd forgotten to get um, pick up breakfast cereal from the supermarket and his kids didn't have anything to eat before they went to school. And I love the kind of juxtaposition of the super realistic spycraft and fieldcraft that he had and the, also the domestic stuff. And you, know, and, and you read that and you could almost see the link. You know, that When you look at somebody like James Bond, you know, there really isn't a link between your ordinary life and what James Bond does, you know, and I guess that was really the point. But with Len Dayton's characters, actually, you could see that. You could see how it could be rooted in what all of us do, but then, of course, you know, exaggerated into this whole other field that is fascinating and, and exciting. So, you know, I loved reading those those Len Dayton okay. books. So possibly um, I would I would say him purely because of um, the role that those books played in, in me sort of, you know, in my own reading journey. Is there a book that you've ever thought you'd like to step inside of? Absolutely. And, you know, this this might sound weird because this is something that's a bit of an obsession of mine and it often gets me very strange looks in pubs and at parties. But years ago, I became obsessed with Genghis Khan because he's one of those figures that I think has been completely misjudged in history. I think that, you know, he got an extremely bad press. And when you read more about him, you find a completely different side to his character. And um, John, a historian called John Mann wrote a, a really great um, account of Genghis Khan's life. So if I could do it, I would like to step into John Mann's um, account of Genghis Khan. I'd like to be there on the, on the steps in Mongolia on my, on my horse following Genghis Khan into battle just to see whether um, the, the sort of newer interpretation of Genghis's character is true or, you know, I guess if, he, if it turned out that it wasn't true and that the old-fashioned view is, then I guess I'd be wanting to step back out of that book pretty, pretty quick. But um, I would be fascinated to uh, be able to get up close and personal and find out what the guy was really like. Genghis Khan got a bad press is a great quote we can use for this podcast, I think. Can I can I ask you about books from your childhood? Are there any books that either you read yourself or had read to you that uh, that you remember particularly? Yeah, um, I'm going to pick on one in particular because it was absolutely, you know, it was, it was pivotal to me. So when I went to primary school, um, it was a very strange primary school that I went to. And, um, you know, it was in the 1970s. And so um, they, had, they had these concepts such as they wouldn't mark any work because they felt that it was elitist. You know, if you hadn't done very well, you might feel bad if you got a low mark. So they never marked anything, um, which my parents at first wouldn't believe. They just assumed I was doing really, really badly and was coming up with a terrible excuse for not telling them just how badly I was doing. But, you know, it was it was true. And so... By the time I was in the what we used to call the fourth year juniors, I can't remember what year it would be now in the new system. You know, it's the last one that you're in before you move to senior school. And um, the teacher we had, he, he seemed as if he didn't 
particularly enjoy teaching. So rather than do very much teaching, what he would do would be just set us one, what he would call a topic after another, you know, so basically a project. But then, of course, he wouldn't mark them. So I took the view that if he wasn't going to mark them, if he couldn't be bothered to mark them, I didn't see why I should be bothered to do them. So I just would take books to school and I'd sit reading books under the desk all day long, which was fun. Except that one time, I guess I was probably 10 and I was reading uh, Watership Down, you know, if, I don't know if, if, if you if that was yeah, when you read when you were kids, but it, I, I just loved that book. And the problem was, I loved it so much, I was drawn into it so much that I didn't notice the teacher approaching. Normally, you know, I'd spot him coming and put the book away and pretend to be doing something else. But he caught me, so he snatched this book and he looked at it and he was totally disparaging. He said, "This is a this is a book for babies. This is stupid." He said, "If you so you obviously think you're a." a big reader. He said, you can't be a proper reader unless you can pick any book off any shelf and read it without thinking. So my first reaction was, well, that reading without thinking, that's a little bit of a, of a weird concept. But then I also thought, you know, that sounded like a challenge to me. I thought, okay, then game on. When I get home tonight, I'm going to my dad's bookshelf and I'm going to pick any book and I'm going to read it. So I was all bullish at first, but then as the day went on and I thought about it more, I got more and more worried about it because I thought, well, what if he's right? What if I can't read it? What if I don't get it? So I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to follow this through. So I got home and I went to my dad's bookshelf and randomly picked a book. And it was Ice Station Zebra by Alistair MacLean. You know, I mentioned Alistair MacLean earlier as one of my favorite authors. And, um, so, you know, I was 10. So my first reaction was, wait, they have stations on the ice and they have zebras at them. That's, you know, this sounds fantastic. So I started reading. And of course, it was nothing like that whatsoever. It was an absolute classic Cold War spy novel. And it starts out with the, the hero explaining how he talked his way onto an American nuclear submarine at a base in Scotland. And you hear this, this explanation, this, this um, really compelling story that he tells for why he has to be allowed onto this submarine. And at the end of the chapter, he says something like, I was really pleased with, the, uh, with that story, particularly since I only just made it up. And it was the first time I'd come across an unreliable narrator. And I just thought, wait a minute. You know, I didn't know that authors could lie like that. I didn't know you could be deliberately misleading. And it, it opened a whole, you know, world of, of, of possibilities for me in terms of storytelling. And I love that book. Um, still do. In fact, my wife tracked down a, a first edition for me as a, as a present once, which is kind of pride of place on my shelves. So um, that book, more than any other one, stands out to me for, uh, for those reasons. Uh, we're we're about to lose the line, Andrew. So I'll I'll just throw one more question. Um, do you have a favourite autobiography or biography which you'd like to pick? I do. I'm going to go with an autobiography. It's a book called "Defeat into Victory" by Field Marshal Viscount Slim, and it tells the story of his experiences fighting the Japanese in Burma in World War Two. Um, I'm a huge World War Two fan, and my father very nearly ended up part of that battle so um i feel a, a sort of um a general interest in it and a kind of personal family interest too and on top of that it's just a brilliantly written book it's very honest because um you know that's obviously a campaign that started out terribly badly and um you know to be able to um, pick yourself up after that kind of of defeat to analyze and to come back 
better and stronger and to end up at triumph, I think, is, a, is an inspiring story. Andrew, we thank you very much for uh, for your research and for your thoughts and congrats on uh, on the Sentinel, which, as people will hear in the other podcast that we did uh, with your brother, it looks as though Jack Reacher is safe for the next couple of decades uh, at least. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your time. It was a real pleasure. Thank you.